The following conversation originally aired Wednesday, June 12, 2019 on the Wednesday Point on KPOV 88.9 FM, High Desert Community Radio in Bend, Oregon. In studio with us this morning is John Stark, Senior Director of Ready, and Keith Witkowski, Redmond City Manager. Welcome to The Point, guys. Thanks for having us. Okay, John, explain that Ready acronym for us. Redmond Economic Development Incorporated. And what is that? We're a nonprofit, uh, private sector uh, business uh, organization that's focused on business development in the city of Redmond, creating economic opportunities for our citizens. And how's it funded? Uh, privately and publicly. So the city and the county both provide uh, funding as well as the private sector businesses that reap the rewards of our success. And then we also have some earned revenue uh, money from events and so forth that we put, put on. Well, let's talk just a little bit about downtown Redmond. Give us an update on the opening of the new Redmond Hotel. Well, I'm going to defer that one to Keith because that's a little more of a uh, downtown project versus our industry projects okay. that we work on. Nice fingernails, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> the, uh, so the Redmond Hotel is the rooftop bar restaurant. It's going to open up later this summer. And then the hotel, the 48, 49 rooms will be open in December of this year. So it's well underway. Cool, and I might mention the fingernails are actually a product manufactured in Redmond, McCon- <laughs> McConnell Laboratories, yep. and they ship worldwide. Yep, uh, through Light Elegance. Yep. Exactly, exactly. Fascinating. Way so, to support local. <laughs> absolutely. So tell us a little bit about what is, what's on your radar right now. Well, we've had a tremendous run for the last few years economically. Uh, there's been a lot of... Uh, Accolades uh, noted by other organizations in terms of the metropolitan statistical area, which Bend and Redmond, as well as Sisters in Lapine, are part of, uh, largely around GDP growth. We were tied for first in the country in 2017. Really? Yep. And uh, with a place back east uh, for small metros. So there's about 382 small metros below. Everyone uses a different term, but one to one and a half million people in that, in the metro. And with that, uh, we've had some uh, accolades from the Milken Institute three years in a row, um, best uh, small city in terms of performance. Um, and what's that based on? You know, it's about uh, workforce development, wage development, business development, uh, and the overall economy. And there's some stuff around education on that as well. And so, you know, we've had a tremendous run here. And what happens when um, you have these kind of successes is that, you know, your infrastructure starts to receive some pretty heavy demand in terms of uh, land. So a lot of land absorption, both in the housing sector and in the industry sector that we're involved with, uh, the building space. So in 2016, we got into single digits uh, in terms of our inventory for in industrial space. We're still uh, below 3%. We're at 1.9%, which is the lowest industrial inventory we've had since 2000. Our inventory today sits at uh, a little over a million square feet, about a million and a half square feet, and uh, we've absorbed almost all of that. And so we have construction happening today. And are there challenges with the construction given all the rock in the area? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's something uh, we all cherish in Central Oregon. There's a few lucky folks like Lapine that deal with sand, but uh, we definitely have to... uh, dig out uh, in order to put buildings up. People laugh. You start a construction project in central Oregon with dynamite, and over in the valley you start it with a backhoe and a shovel. So uh, it's a little different building, and it adds cost. 
to our construction here, but uh, at the end of the day, all of our communities uh, deal with it, with the exception, like I said, of Lapine and a few places in Lower Prineville. Do, so, do we ever sell the rock? I mean, it just seems like this is a huge commodity we have. Is there something we can do <laughs> with it? So we grind it up into fill dirt is what we do. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that Seriously. fill dirt's used on site. Yep. So what is being done to accommodate the demand on the infrastructure with all this booming economy? Well, uh, along with the city of Redmond and Redmond Economic Development, we've really championed relationships with developers so that they will meet this demand with new inventory. So for the last 12 months and the next 12 months, we've been tracking about uh, 300,000 square feet of additional industrial space. And that rivals Bend, which is obviously you know three times plus the size of Redmond. So we've got uh, as much industrial development happening in Redmond. So 300,000 in the speculative development, so that's where a developer will put a building up before they have tenants. And then build the suits where they already have tenants and owner-occupied space. We're tracking about 150,000 square feet. So total of 450,000 square feet, which is about 20 to 25% of our inventory growth just in a 24-month period, which is a really good place to be from a community perspective because you fill those buildings and the stuff is flying off the shelves. So the vacancy rate staying low despite us adding this inventory, which does put a drain again on infrastructure. So you got to have plenty of land to keep this ball rolling. And I think that's something that the city of Redmond's done very well in terms of making sure that there's good employment land available in all sizes and shapes. Well, the economy has been booming. But the Central Oregon Business Index showed the first significant decline in nearly eight years, according to a report released last week by the University of Oregon. The report also showed an uptick in unemployment claims. This report covers all of Central Oregon. How does Redmond's economy play into that? How does it compare? Well, the good thing is the employment rate continues to grow. So that's a different number than unemployment. And the unemployment claims in our particular economy is actually a welcome sign by our employers. Presently, there's 1,500 job openings in the traded sector, traded sector being companies that manufacture products or services and ship them elsewhere. And so those folks that uh, are unemployed will find employment rapidly. We've got companies that have 10, 20 openings. We have one company that has over 100 openings. So how does this unemployment situation uh, relate to whether or not the wages are going up? Because you hear a lot about the economy improving, say, on Wall Street, but maybe not so much for the average working man. Or is this shortage of uh, employees helping to boost their wages at all? 100%. Uh, one of our companies has increased their wages um, by about 10 to 15% in two different uh, realms in the last two years. And so that's to keep up with the demand for folks. There's a huge competition. I think companies continue to sharpen their pencil on their fringe benefits as well so that it's the overall package. So sometimes you may not see the actual wage go up, but you might see additional benefits added, such as better 401k, adding a match to their 401k, uh, reducing the cost for employer-paid medical benefits. So sometimes it's oh, a shared huge. cost, so sometimes they reduce that. So sometimes you look just at the wage, and that doesn't tell the whole story. You have to look at the entire package and what the company are offering side-by-side side to compete with one another. I know at one point there were more people coming into Redmond to work than commuting out of Redmond. Is that still the case? It is, indeed. So there was a study done by the Oregon Economic uh, Development, excuse me, Oregon Employment Department, Cale Donnelly, and uh, he had reported that we are a net in-migrator of labor. So 500 more people come to Redmond to work than leave it. 
And I think that's a good showing of some of the activity we've had in employment growth. So manufacturing employment growth over the last eight years since we came out of the recession has been 81%. You compare that to the U.S. average, it's 7.2%. We're 11 times faster in manufacturing growth in Redmond now. Bend is at 58%. So we're even eclipsing the city just to the north of us in manufacturing growth in terms of employment. That's amazing. That's really good news. Yes. What is Redmond doing to think ahead in anticipation of even more rapid industrial growth? Well, I think the city, like I said, has done a nice job of uh, putting uh, more employment land on the map. So Keith's here. He can talk a little bit about some of the employment lands that we've added, and then we can talk a little more about other infrastructure. Okay. So, um, yeah, we've been working with Ready. And the state, we're bringing in um, a thousand acres to the south of the fairgrounds that'll be industrial land. It requires infrastructure like roads, water, sewer, those kinds of things. And we're also making investments because as the city grows, both population, whether it's industrial land or residential land, it requires you know more pipes to run water, requires more um, larger wastewater plants. So we're investing more than probably thirty million dollars over the next couple of years to expand those facilities to be able to serve the jobs and the residential growth. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, that sounds really good. You know, that's really being proactive. Industrial growth, residential growth is expanding as well. It's crazy. Uh, With the growth of industrial and commercial segment comes the demand for affordable housing, of course, as well as higher end housing for business executives. How is this being handled so that there is a mix of housing being built? Well, it's not on the economic development side because we're kind of about creating the economy. So there's money in the economy that puts demand in other sectors. And in case, in this case, we need additional workers for these vacancies that we have. So the city's got a couple of programs that Keith can talk about. Yeah. So on the the higher end side, the, we let the market take care of that. We can't use and shouldn't use taxpayer dollars to subsidize higher end housing. And there you're talking about housing that is selling probably in excess of Three hundred, three hundred fifty thousand dollars right now. I think the latest report showed that the average housing price in Redmond is right around three thirty-five from the Beacon report. And I just heard this morning that the average house price in Bend is four forty-seven. Yes. Wow. More expensive and less square footage. The yes. uh, but what we and are closer doing, to your neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. The uh, what we are doing is we have a lot of partnerships with Housing Works to get affordable housing built. In fact, uh, we just sold some land to Housing Works right in downtown that's going to result in probably 40, 45 units of housing that'll be affordable to people making twenty to $50,000, which is great, right? Those are first-time home buyers. Those are folks that probably work downtown, whether it's a gas station or wherever it might be. And we need to get more of that going as the market continues to crank upward on the cost of housing. Absolutely. Since you've got the microphone there, Keith, the airport is also under your umbrella, right? Yes. RDM just initiated a daily flight to Chicago last week. That's pretty exciting. And it's an early flight to enable travelers to connect to other East Coast locations through that major hub. What else is happening in the works for RDM? So, yeah, it's an early flight is in leaving it's at midnight or so. It's a red eye. Right. Yeah. No, I know. It's just giving you a hard time. The, uh, but the other things we're doing is uh, we're working with Leading Edge, which is the fixed base operator. So they fuel planes, fix planes, do all that kind of stuff. They're going to be building a um, 25,000 square foot hangar, $5 million investment on the north side. They've already got it filled with a couple high-end jets. So what we're seeing is a lot more investment in higher-end hangar space as the airport becomes more of a destination and gets more of a reputation for 
a place that executives want to fly their planes to. We're also making a lot of investments in expanding uh, kind of the, 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 the built-out footprint. So we do things like we add parking spaces for the jets as we get more direct flights. We're expanding the parking lot. We're putting in another new facility on the north side that will store all the equipment required to clean the runway, whether it's from snow or gravel or whatever it might be. It's called a snow removal equipment building. And um, eventually down the road, you know, we're looking at adding uh, another level um, upward of gates so we can begin to expand um, vertically as well as more wow. and more flights come in. <laughs> a real airport. A real airport. <laughs> Does this mean jetways as well, so that we're not walking in the snow to get to our plane? Exactly. The, awesome. the second level would be jetways. Nice. We have a new direct flight from Redmond to Denver that is kicking off, is it this week? We've had that for a while. But this is on an Airbus A320. That's a big We are plane. definitely adding new aircraft, and we're losing the prop planes of old. There's only oh, one, darn. one more left, and that's the Q400. We're seeing a lot more regional jets in the 70 or so passenger, and now two-class uh, aircraft. And, you know, that's a demand by business traveler. Every time we seem to add air service, our region, our community jumps on board. They fill it up. The airlines come back and they say after year one that, hey, our load factors are in an area uh, plus what we expect to start an aircraft. So it's performing really well. We add capacity. People jump on the planes and go. And we need to keep that up if we're going to keep uh, adding flights. So that's like if you build it, they will come, you know. <laughs> so is that is that for inbound flights as well as outbound flights? Are, are the load factors pretty equal? Yeah. Um, for the most part, we have a lot of tourism inbound, but we have a lot of business travel uh, outbound. Uh, future targets are um, San Jose. So we'd like to find another um, access point to the Bay Area. And uh, the airport's kind of getting ready for how we you know, build a strategy around um, going out. So the reason I'm speaking of this and not Keith is because I'm part of COAST, the Central Oregon Air Service team, which is made up of the Ben Chamber, Red Cham Redmond Chamber, and the Visitors Associations around Central Oregon, plus EDCO and Redmond Economic Development. We work together to go out and recruit, like we do businesses, new air service. Gotcha. So still on the airport, uh, tell us about the proposed smoke jumping and wildland fire education center. Sure. So this is a regional effort um, led by John Allen at the Forest Service where um, there's a lot of interest on the north side. We have the Redmond Air Center, right? So there's hotshots, smoke jumpers, all the folks that uh, trying to address some of these wildfires that, that come during the summertime. And we got together a few years ago and talked about whether building an actual kind of tourist facility that would be a place to come and learn about um, wildland fire and education and the work that's done by those groups – trying to figure out whether it would really attract a lot of people. And so it's been a multi-year effort. Right now we're beginning to make the rounds to governments talking about the project in the summer um, through a grant from um, Travel Oregon. Discover Your Forest, which is the nonprofit arm of the Forest Service, is going to figure out what the philanthropic appetite is for this. So in October we'll have a better idea of whether people want to put up private money to build a facility that could cost 5 or $6 million. I think that's really fascinating. I mean, especially with all the fires that we're having for people to come and be able to find out what happens when there's a fire. I mean, I would imagine that would really draw a lot of people. And it would only be the second such facility in the country, correct? Right. There's one in Missoula right now, which is um, a, kind of a Spartan facility. It's So this would be something ideally along the, the lines of like a Lava Lands or some of the visitor centers that people are used to experiencing in Central Oregon. 
Speaking of uh, fire service planes, drones, they are a real challenge for the fire service planes, right? Because the plane, those planes are swooping low, and people are flying their drones over the fires. Yeah, and I think there's some laws in place that prohibit that because of the danger created by having drones and um, fire extinguishing planes in the air. So it's not allowed. If you're doing it, uh, you're going to face some steep fines and other things. Uh, was it last week there was a Redmond Airport preparedness exercise? Tell us about that. Yeah, there was a joint exercise with the um, Redmond Fire Department, which is a separate entity, uh, practicing how to put out a plane that was on fire. So basically they lit something like a fuselage out there and used some of the really amazing equipment um, that the fire ha- the fire department has on site at the airport to put the fire out and to practice the ways to do it. One of the interesting things that people may not realize is to put a fire out, you don't put the water right at it. You have to angle it and let the wind blow the spray into it, and it's a more effective way to extinguish rather than just directly hitting it with water. I had no clue. I knew you were supposed to aim at the bottom of the fire and not the top of it, but really, so you have to take into account the wind direction? Yeah, that's what I read. Interesting, <laughs> interesting. I know <laughs> you'll learn something every day. Every, every show, every we learn show. something. I don't yeah. think that's for all fires, though. I think that's for Avgas <laughs> fires. So don't 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 do that in your kitchen because <laughs> there's no wind in there. Well, hopefully there won't be any wind. Yeah. So shooting back to you, John, we were talking about the opening of the hotel. There's a whole bunch of empty storefronts on Sixth. What is being done to draw in some higher end commercial r- restaurants? Uh, Retail. So the city has uh, a person that actually does that, and uh, Chuck Arnold. He is Chuck the Chuck Arnold. Uh, I was trying to remember his last name. It. Yeah. Downtown Urban Renewal and Economic Development Manager for the City of Redmond, and there's been a number of programs in place for the last few years that do uh, provide some facade improvements, so some matching grants. They do property improvement programs. They also have some incentives that are uh, low interest loans that are available. They can help uh, startup businesses get in with some of these matching grants. I met with a business uh, and Chuck earlier this week uh, as a retailer. I can't uh, describe much more because it's confidential at this point. They're negotiating on a a piece of property. But at the end of the day, another retail, something we don't have, so it's in its own niche. And the city can come in again with low interest loans. They can come in with a facade improvement to do some frontage, uh, some signage, and really improve the way that property looks and how it fits into the downtown core, which attracts more business. Businesses, right, so there's tools and there's resources through Chuck's programs, and that's uh, obviously under Keith in the city of Redmond. Um, and Chuck does a really amazing job. He's got a lot going, including the hotel. He's probably one of the busiest people in City Hall uh, today. Thank you guys so much for coming in and being part of our show. We really appreciate it. Where can folks find out more about what's happening in Redmond? They can go to www.ci.redmond.or.us or www.readyinfo.com. Check out our blog post. We have regular updates on there at least twice a week. And that's R-E-D-I. R-E-D-I, two I's, I-N-F-O.com. Thanks for listening to this KPOV podcast. KPOV is community radio for the high desert of Central Oregon. For more information and our program schedule, go to kpov.org. We value your feedback. Drop us a note at podcast at kpov.org.